Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Flex. This is Joe Howie. I'm flying solo today to bring you guys some Friars content. I know it's been a while, so I'm going to be recapping the past couple of Friar games, which includes a double overtime thriller over a red-hot Creighton team, and I'll be previewing tomorrow afternoon's matchup against Villanova. But first, as always, I have an ad read for you guys. This season, we've teamed up with SeatGeek to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get down on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use the code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. And as always, this podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in part with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. Another reminder, a little personal plug here. If you haven't already, head over to house-enterprise.com, hit the merch tab, and buy some Flex-branded merchandise. I have my Flex gear. Matt has his. You know, if you're Providence regular at the Dunk, the Amp, the Civic Center, whatever you want to call it, definitely want to get some Flex merch and rep it there. Order it now in time for the Big East Tournament. Rep it to MSG. Helps us out. You know, show some love for the, for the podcast. Get your Flex merch. Um, as mentioned, I'm flying solo here today. Matt St. Jean is on his way up to Providence currently for tomorrow's matchup against Villanova. I'll be joining him there tomorrow, but tonight uh, we record. I'll be leaving in the morning. It's been a while since we last recorded for you guys. I think the last episode we produced was on, I think, February 1st, if I'm not mistaken, following Providence's loss on the road to Xavier. Uh, that was one that went to overtime and came down to Jared Bynum once again with the ball in his hands, once again taking a three, once again to seal a win for the Friars at Cintas. Um, unfortunately, this one rimmed out. So not a terrible loss. Obviously, Xavier is really good. And, you know, Jerome Hunter gave the performance of his lifetime against Bryce Hopkins that game. But since then, the Friars have gone 2-1 and one with wins over Georgetown and Creighton and a loss at St. John's. Going chronologically here, Friars beat Georgetown at home 74-62. This was, you know, a pretty straightforward performance. Hopkins had 17. Friars won by double figures. <laughs> I think the spread of this game was actually 13.5, and, and the Friars won by 12. So there were certainly some fans that were at the dunk that were not happy when Jared Bynum dribbled out the ball that that final possession there. But nevertheless, a win is a win is a win. This was an important win because, you know, Georgetown is, despite their record, a, a talented team. You know, they've got some good guys on that roster, starting with Primo Spears. It's just unfortunate. They've been bit by the bad coaching bug, <laughs> not the injury bug, the bad coaching bug for now the second season in a row. But nevertheless, that's one that you do not want to lose, especially at home. Friars followed up that win with a goose egg at St. John's. The Friars lost that one 73 to 68 at Madison Square Garden. I was actually at the game for this one. Shout out to my girlfriend and shout out to SeatGeek for getting me there. Um, but, you know, this, this was uh, not the best performance from the Friars. I think, if I'm not mistaken, let me just pull up the box score here. The Friars went. 24 for 72 from the field, which, as we like to say in the industry, is not good. Um, you're not going to win many basketball games doing that. And from the opening tip, uh, just did not look like the Friars had their heads in the game. Um, 
This was one where the Friars dug themselves a 16-point hole in the first half. They were able to chip and climb back into it, make it a two-point game at halftime, and then really just never found it in the second half. I don't think they led the game. Um, and this was this is a St. John's team, you know, that uh, has had an up-and-down year, obviously a really good non-conference against a bunny of a schedule. And in conference play is just, you know, not really had it. They have a couple of good wins now over Providence and over UConn, but uh, it's a St. John's team where they're just not very good. Um, they're better now that Andre Curbelo hasn't been in the lineup, which Cooley uh, so graciously pointed out in the post-game press conference, but this is a St. John's team that has certainly underperformed this season. So, you know, this one had all the writings of a bad loss on it for the Friars in terms of, you know, your NCAA tournament resume, in terms of your Big East tournament seeding hopes, um, and just in terms of a frustration level. I think this one ties with the St. Louis loss for worst loss of the season. Um, nevertheless, Friars take this one on the chin, come home Valentine's Day, quick turnaround against 18th ranked Creighton, who is riding an eight game winning streak coming into this game. And the Friars in double overtime beat the Blue Jays 94 to 86. Like I said, this, this one had a lot of writing on it. You know, following that bad loss to St. John's, this was a prime opportunity to kind of smudge that loss on the resume and really, you know, pick yourself back up, reintroduce yourselves to the the race at the top of the conference and hopefully improve NCAA tournament seating. And the Friars did just that took two overtimes, but they did it. Um, breaking this one down a little bit. Like I said, Creighton came into this one, riding an eight game winning streak that actually started with a 73 67 win over the 19th ranked Friars back in Omaha. At this point, um, Creighton was unranked at that point before rejoining the top 25. I think it was last week or two weeks ago, if my memory serves. But this is a Creighton team that, despite its record, is really, really good. Uh, the Blue Jays have one of, if not the best starting fives in the Big East Conference. Um, and they're just a, a really, really tough out. Uh, Greg McDermott, who is the most tenured coach in the Big East, does a really good job with those guys. Uh, and obviously they're riding some momentum into this season following what they did at the end of last. Um, Creighton, you know, was the preseason favorite for first in the conference. So this is, you know, a really, really good win for the Friars um, who were 0-1 against the Blue Jays on the season. So looking a little bit deeper here, uh, this win helped close the gap for the Friars between Creighton and Xavier. Um, thank Also thanks to Marquette, who... Never thought I'd be saying this. I was rooting for to win the following night over Xavier. But the result of this game is now a three-way tie for second place. The Friars, the Blue Jays, and the Musketeers are all 11-4, and four, while Marquette sits alone at the top of the conference. This one had all the writings to be the Big East game of the year. Uh, sold out, Amica Mutual Pavilion, really good Creighton team, uh, surprisingly good Providence team, and two overtimes. I mean, what, what, what more could you ask for? Um, maybe John Fanta on the call, but no, it was a, it was a really good game. The Friars uh, were led by Devin Carter, who scored a season high 25 points. He pulled down eight rebounds, was nine of 17 from the floor, shooting three of five from deep. He was joined in double figures by Bryce Hopkins, who had 20 points and nine rebounds. Noah Locke, who had 20 points and five rebounds. Locke surprisingly scored more points from inside the arc than outside the arc. I think that's a fun fact. 
Uh, I think sometimes we group Noah Locke into this one trick pony sharpshooter from deep category. And, you know, he put it on full display Tuesday night that he can score inside the arc as well. Ed Croswell rounds out the Friars in double figures with 14 points and six rebounds. Jared Bynum was just outside with eight points and six assists. For the Creighton side of things, Jays were led by Ryan, who had a double-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 5 from deep. He was joined by Trey Alexander, who had 17 points, 6 rebounds. Arthur Kaluma, who had 17 points and shot 6 of 14 from the floor. Kalkbrenner had 15 and 7 boards. And Baylor Shireman had 12 points and 5 rebounds and shot a whopping 2 of th- 2 of 12 from deep. Um, for anyone that knows me outside of the podcast, you know very well that I do not like Baylor Shireman. Um, I didn't like all the hype that was put on him going into Providence's matchup with South Dakota State in last year's NCAA tournament. Um, obviously, you know he's de- he's deserving of the hype. He's a really good player, but uh, it was a, it was definitely a, a nice sight for me to see him struggle from deep. Um, he doesn't he doesn't struggle. He hits half of those shots and. You know, Creighton probably wins the basketball game. But nevertheless, Friars come away with the win here. This was a really good win. Uh, You know, no sugarcoating it. I think perhaps the play of the game was the defensive set that Ed Cooley rolled out at the end of the regulation there where Friars trapped the inbounder or the receiver of the inbound uh, at half court and then forced Creighton to kind of lob it into the paint to which it was blocked away. Shout out Devin Carter. But this was a, a good one. Um, set the tone coming out of the first overtime. Devin Carter steals the tip and dunks it home. Both teams score 11 points in the overtime number one. And then in overtime number two, the Friars hold Creighton scoreless from the field. Their only two points came from the free throw line. And the Friars win this one 94-86 to and resume their position in the horse race at the top of the conference um, depending how things shake out over the next couple of weeks, Providence could very well find itself with the number one seed or share of the number one seed in the Big East tournament, if not, you know, likely somewhere between two and four. But this was a really good win following a really bad loss for the Friars. <clears throat> now, looking ahead to tomorrow, the Friars will welcome the Villanova Wildcats to the Amica Mutual Dunkin' Donuts Civic Center. Uh, for the second matchup of the season. Um, the Friars come into this one leading the season series against the Wildcats 1-0. and And this matchup has a little bit of a different luster to it than some of the, the Villanova games in years past. I think this is the first time where, you know, Providence is actually, you know, at the top of the conference while Villanova sits in the middle of the pack where usually it's vice versa. Let's remove last season because that's an outlier, but more often than not, Providence comes into this game as a middle-of-the-pack underdog against the Wildcats, and more often than not, I keep saying that, but Will Villanova comes into this one leading the season series. A little bit of a different uh, structure here. Friars come in 1-0. They're the big dogs in the conference this year, or one of the big dogs in the conference this year. Well, we're seeing a struggling Villanova team. Obviously, Villanova lost Jay Wright in the offseason. He retired. They lost Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels. But they were bit by the injury bug, which has really been the story of the Wildcats season. They start the year without highly ranked freshman Camp Whitmore and without returning star Justin Moore. 
they've had an up and down season, a couple of bad losses in there and some, you know, I wouldn't even, I don't really think they have many great wins, but this is a Villanova team that just looks different this year. Um, just a, a different year for Villanova. And I think you see a lot of people on the Villanova side of things scratching their heads. Uh, Villanova comes into this one 13 and 13. They're riding a three game winning streak. The last time these two teams met, met up, it was at the Wells Fargo Center where the Friars stole one 70 to 65 and knocked Villanova into a three game skid. The story of this, this one for the Friars was Jared Bynum who scored 19 points, most of which came in the second half. He was 7 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from deep. Uh, he played with his hair on fire. He was the total X factor of this game. It was really a rock fight. It was kind of back and forth for most of the game until Bynum took off in the second half. Um, but yeah, he was joined in double figures by Ed Croswell, who had 14 points, Bryce Hopkins, who had 13, Devin Carter with 12. Uh, on the Villanova side of things, the story of the game was Cam Whitmore, who had 21 points and nine rebounds. He shot 50% from the floor and 50% from deep. Eric Dixon joined him with 14 points and four boards. Caleb Daniels had 10 and five rebounds. And Brandon Slater had 10 points and two rebounds. Another storyline that was very popular for this first matchup was the return of Justin Moore. It was his first game back after suffering an Achilles injury last fall, uh, excuse me, last spring during the NCAA tournament. He started at the point guard position, uh, which has been another sore spot for Villanova this season. They had Chris Archidiacono playing a majority of minutes at the point guard spot. Justin Moore resumes the role of the playmaking guard. He had four assists that game to go along with four rebounds and five points. I think going into this matchup, uh, we're getting Villanova, Providence is getting a little bit of a different Villanova team, however, because now Justin Moore's got his feet back under him. He's six games in. He's averaging 10 points a game or somewhere in the neighborhood of. No, yep, 10 points exactly. Um, and Jordan Longino returns. He was out during the last matchup. Uh, he's been battling injury as well. He's, I think, two or three games deep now. So really, you know, this is the first time that, you know, Providence is going to see this Villanova team fully healthy this season. And I think that makes things a little bit interesting because, the last time you play him, you get Justin Moore in his first game back. No Jordan Longino. So a lot of the weight was on Cam Whitmore, on Eric Dixon, on Caleb Daniels to kind of pick up the slack. Now that Justin Moore is feeling comfortable, you've got Longino back and you you bring back his length and his athleticism defensively. You're going to get a little bit of a different look from Villanova. I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the, the Cats chances are significantly improved here. They still have to play on the road in a hostile environment filled with the uh, golf party themed Providence students that hate their guts. So I think it's going to be a, certainly a hostile environment for them and, and, you know, a really tough environment for first year head coach, Kyle Neptune to play in. But in terms of the athletic talent on the court, you're getting a little bit of a different look than the first time around. I think from the Friar side of things, this is going to be a really important game for Devin Carter defensively. I think last time, you know, we kind of just let or the Friars kind of just let Cam Whitmore do his thing. You can't really do that this time around because if you let him go and, and you worry about everyone else like you did last time, he's going to have a career night. Um, and you can't really leave Justin Moore alone now that he's scoring again. So Devin Carter is going to have his work cut out for him defensively, I think two of the X factors for the Friars for this one are going to be actually Noah Locke and Bryce Hopkins. Um, 
looking back at the box score from the last time the these two teams matched up, Noah Locke only had two points on one of four shooting, and he went over from deep in 24 minutes. Uh, he actually lost a couple of some playing time to Corey Floyd, who had eight points and just was a, more of a defensive presence than Noah Locke. Cooley likes to do that a lot of times where we'll play checkers. And if Noah Locke is having an off night, Corey Floyd will get those minutes at the shooting guard spot. He'll share with Alan Breed. But I think if Noah Locke can turn it on offensively the way that he did against UConn, the way that he did against Xavier, the way that he did against Creighton, if you get that version of Noah Locke, I think this one, you know, will be comfortable for the Friars. I won't say that they'll win, but I think it'll be comfortable. Um, I think, too, I said Bryce Hopkins as well. Last time these two teams met, he had 13 points and nine rebounds, but that's on five of 14 shooting and one of four from deep. Not his most efficient night. I think if you get a little bit of home cooking for Mr. Hopkins, you get him shooting well from the floor, you get him in double figures. I think, you know, again, comfortable for the Friars. Looking at this game from a bird's eye view, this is a, a really important one for the Friars who have an interesting stretch here over their next five. They host Villanova. Then they travel to UConn and to Georgetown before coming home to close out the season against Xavier and against Seton Hall. So really, if you look at this next five, this is one that you really can't afford to lose, especially if you have your sights set on a top three seed at Madison Square Garden that second weekend of March. Uh, UConn and, uh, excuse me, Villanova and Georgetown are the lower two opponents out of the out of the slate of the next five. And this one is at home. Uh it's, there's been a lot in the media lately about Providence's record at home over the past couple of seasons. They are 35-1 and one with the one loss coming to Villanova last season. So a little bit of revenge here for the Friars. If you can pick up this win and sweep the Wildcats, you'd avenge that loss on the pinkout night from last season, and you'd go into this UConn game next Tuesday a little bit more comfortably. Um, I'm not going to go too in-depth about, you know, the next couple of games just because I don't like to play the look ahead game, but this is the, this is the time of year Friars in February where, you know, the postseason is the stage is set. I, I remember some notable Februaries of years past the 2016, 2017 season where Ed Cooley squad rattled off six straight to project themselves into the first four where they lost. Oh, I forget who that, that was. I think it was USC. Um, 2017-2018 season, Friars knocked off top-ranked Xavier at home, top-ranked Villanova at home, and then made a run to the Big East Tournament Championship game. The groundwork for that was set in February. And if you look at last season, we don't need to repeat, but the Friars were very good in the month of February. So this is when the postseason, the stage is set. This is when Ed Cooley likes to play, his likes to coach his best brand of basketball. And this is when, you know, Friars in February. This is when things get rowdy at the dunk. This one will be exciting. A little bit different than in years past. You're not necessarily hosting, you know, a highly ranked Villanova that you want to upset at home, but nevertheless, the rivalry still exists. It's a game that you want to win. I will be there tomorrow, as will Matt St. Jean. We'll hopefully have some content for you coming out of that one. But you can catch that game tomorrow at 4:30 p.m. It will be broadcasted on Fox. We're getting the big boy national broadcast tomorrow not sure who the commentating crew is hopefully it's raft and uh gus johnson i think those two are electric together this one will be 
like I said, 4.30 tomorrow at the Amico Mutual Dunkin' Donuts Civic Center. <laughs> um, as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and tune in to us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your content. And as always, go Friars.